0: Welcome to Pink Popcorn, the movie review show that tries to find the little bit of homo in every film. I'm Kylie Eddy and today I don't have Paul Tonta or... Alan Duxford in the studio with me. Instead, I have a very special guest. It's Conrad Brown. Yay.
1: Welcome. <laughs> clap, clap, clap. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, look, I'm really excited because I'm not sure that uh, many listeners know that obviously you fill in on breakfast quite often. You're oh,
1: I'm a semi-regular. A yeah.
0: Semi-regular guest on that show. And so people might know that you have a passion for music, particularly independent music. You are my go-to guy Ooh. for all things new music. But I don't know if everyone knows that you're also a big movie
1: geek. Yeah, I'm a bit of a I'm a music geek and a and a movie geek as well. So it's a nice combination. It's always nice to be able to talk about them and have a forum to have a chat about those two things I love.
0: Well what I find is pretty amazing is that you normally see at least do you see two films a week, maybe? I,
1: I try that? to. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not a chore. Trust me.
0: <laughs> I know sometimes I come off like, oh, I had to see three films this week. Oh, my life's so tough. Yeah,
1: but, you know, you, you do it every week. And That's I, true. you know, when I, sometimes I miss a week and, you know, and then other That's times. That's okay. Yeah. I yeah.
0: can't miss any weeks or yeah. else that is trouble.
1: There's no show without you seeing films.
0: <laughs> exactly. Speaking of which, what are we going to be talking about on today's show?
1: We've got three very different films that we're talking about. Uh, the new rom-com Something Borrowed, an uh, Ameri- uh, American-French collaboration Burlesque (laughs) Burlesque behind the scenes type thing called On Tour and uh, the new Jake Gyllenhaal sci fi thriller called Source Code.
0: I know, it's quite an eclectic show. We're, if nothing but diverse.
1: Aren't we though? <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's, that's our mantra. So, uh, we're also, we've got a prize to give away. What a
1: great, I mean, being Mother's Day tomorrow, we thought, you know, we'd, we'd stick with the the whole um, give your mum a, a nice movie treat, so we've got a, a double movie Mother's Day giveaway. This is pretty, you could uh, see these both next week, yeah. um, you know, back to back.
0: And your mum would really love you.
1: Or if you're really quick, you could come in tomorrow, uh, this afternoon, or tomorrow morning. You know, and surprise mum with a with a. Maybe go and see Something Borrowed. And then next weekend, take it to go and see Water for Elephants.
0: So you might have guessed that's what we're giving away. (laughs) We've got two double passes. One is for the film we're reviewing up next, Something Borrowed. And also a double pass for Water for Elephants, which we will be reviewing next week. Both fantastic films, thanks to Paramount Pictures and Tailored Films. So we are going to make you work just a little bit it's not a hard question though there's no right or wrong answer
1: exactly so all we need is your name and your joy membership number and uh, we want to know who your favorite movie mum is and you can take that you know you can build on that and make it as crazy or as or as conventional as you like
0: what who's your favorite movie mum
1: i love kathleen turner in serial mom so
0: even the movie has has got the word mum in it exactly actually you know if we're going down that path then I might say uh, Susan Sarandon his nice. Stepmom. Yeah. And I guess Julia Robertson. Well, she's kind of
1: like her support, right? That's right. Her support mom. The backup mom. Yeah. You
0: always (laughs) need one of those. So that's what we're asking. Great prize to give away. We'll be doing a draw at the end of the show. So you've got the next hour to either SMS or email your answers. You can send us a message on 0427JOY949 or just email on air at joy.org.au. We'd love to hear from you. And also we're on Facebook. So please search for Pink Popcorn and join us in the discussion there. And before we get into film reviewing, we've got some great music as well.
1: Got lots of great music coming up today.
0: This is Indestructible by Robin. You're on Pink Popcorn with Kylie and Conrad.
1: This is a Pink Popcorn podcast. That That was a (laughs) a nice, smooth little ending, wasn't it? Very
0: cool. That was Danger Mouse, two against one. And this is Pink Popcorn with Kylie and Conrad. Something Borrowed stars Jennifer Goodwin as Rachel. She's a talented attorney at a top New York law firm, a generous and loyal friend, and unhappily, still single, as her engaged best friend Darcy, played by Kate Hudson, is constantly reminding her. But after celebrating her 30th birthday, perpetual good girl Rachel unexpectedly ends up in the arms of the guy she's had a crush on since law school, Dex, who just happens to be Darcy's fiance.
1: This is a lot more complicated than it looks. I first met Dex six years ago at NYU. You don't have to have like four extra pens, do you? Oh, I do actually. From he was handsome <laughs> and charming. How
0: about when all of this is over? Dex buys a celebratory dinner.
1: He was just perfect. Then he met my best friend, Darcy. I
0: don't know, he's like okay. Ask Rachel out on a date. Darcy, we're just
1: friends. Friend, that, ask me out. I'm sorry, I'm going to take off
0: Randy, I just want to make sure you were okay
1: Yeah, hey, you never know where it might lead, right? I love Rachel Because she went to NYU Law
0: And met my future husband the Oh, center already. retention, that's weird Hey, let's get one more drink Now I remember why I had such a crush on you in law school No you didn't
1: Come on, you knew Like I said It's more
0: complicated than it looks after that trailer, it's really not that complicated. I think you kind of get it. So, <laughs> you get where this is going. Yeah, so this is something borrowed. Now, a romantic comedy, you and I are both fond of the genre.
1: Very much so.
0: And I have to say that the one thing about this film that really intrigued me is for the first time in a long time at a rom-com, I didn't really know where it was going at every second.
1: Yeah, after the last few that have been coming along, you know, they really managed to deviate off that Kind of well worn path of boy meets girl. Oh, it's all too hard. um, but we'll get there in the end, and oh, they do. They really managed to keep away from that, and that, I think, was something that I really did enjoy about it.
0: Yeah, me too. I thought that, I mean, part of the fun of the rom-com is um, is knowing that those things are going to happen, and yet this delivered all of the rom-com stuff, but also with a little bit of, oh, this might not work out how I imagine it, because the premise is, and I think this is the most challenging part of the film, and it depends where you're... Uh, moral ambiguity lies (laughs) perhaps is that i mean basically this is rom-com where the heroine and the hero the two people you want to be together um they're having an affair yeah the guy's about to get married and the guy and the girl she's marrying is the girl's best friend
1: you're not exactly rooting for them because they are rooting each other (laughs) (laughs) how do you like that i
0: love that That i mean that is really true
1: i think that was the one thing that I actually did like about the film was that because none of them were super likable and the fact that you know you weren't rooting for for mm. um for dex and rachel to make it work and everything because their whole relationship was underpinned with this thing where she's screwing her best friend's fiancée.
0: Yeah, and even though they had they knew each other beforehand and they had this kind of connection but they never acted on it, I mean, it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. And also the Kate Hudson character who is the fiance, they do at the beginning really make her out to be a bit ditzy, a bit self-centred and a bit and so you go, oh well, she deserves it. But really, she, she doesn't. She doesn't, she's just a bit of a ditz and also, they're best friends if you think she's that terrible, don't be friends yeah, with her.
1: Exactly, and that I think the fact that they'd been friends for so long and then they presented it with after six years yeah. of the couple being together that they finally acted on that moment i mean six years is a long time and that yeah i didn't i didn't ever get over that which again sounds like
0: i'm not thing. liking
1: it but i actually <laughs> did like that because the whole time i'm going you know rachel is the character that i should love But I'm not loving her, but I'm really enjoying where they're going with this. And the journey to get there was, like you said before, it took took a few turns. turns. I mean,
0: I think the thing that makes this work is that they have some really fantastic actors. Uh, Jennifer uh, Goodwin, who plays Rachel, the lead character, because she is so sweet and she is so kind, you can just see that, oh, it is a conflict for her and she struggles with it. I mean, she really sells it.
1: She's super cute oh. as well. And she's super lovely. And she, yeah, her character really does. You you have that empathy for her. And you kind of want to kick her in a way because you're like, why didn't you just act on that whole crush and that connection yeah. right from the start with, with the male lead? And, you know, it's got other really great actors, John Krasinski. Well,
0: I, every time John Krasinski came on the screen, I just wanted more of him. Yeah. He got all the funny lines. He has that really dry sense of humor. For those of you who do not know him, where have you been but he's (laughs) uh, obviously he plays the nice guy in the American version of The Office Um, he also uh, has starred in quite a few films in his own right but he is really one of those actors who is just I mean
1: he's very clever. clever don't forget too he's Mr. Emily Blunt I (laughs)
0: No! Don't even get me going there because I just, I mean, I just, that makes me love Emily even more. She
1: actually gets it. He's, he's an interesting package. He's got, he's a little bit geeky, but he's a bit cool. And yeah, yeah, he's he's very tall. Yeah. He's the kind of guy you would want as your best friend. And he plays that role really well. And I think it was really clever to not have the other token best girlfriend, yeah. like they usually do in these yeah. movies, to but, have a, a, well, he's a straight guy who <laughs> kind of deviates. This is where the little bit of gay comes in. That's right. I was wondering
0: <laughs> if you were going to bring this up. So his character, who he's also have, has troubles of the heart, he and does. he's got this kind of stalkerish girl who he slept with once and then threw her aside. <laughs> oh, the characters are so nice in this film. But um, in order to get away from her, he uses the perennial line.
1: I'm a gay i'm a gay. i'm a gay keep away (laughs) i don't like girl bits and the way he does it is very funny he kind of comes out in a way that is just so ridiculously oh yeah um how am i gonna get out of this situation oh yeah i'm gay kind of thing and then just builds on it and it's it's so bad it's Um, great
0: you kind of think as a gay i wanted to be offended but i really
1: couldn't he did it very well
0: And I guess part of that is that all of the characters have secrets. They're all carrying around these torches for the people that maybe they should or shouldn't. Um, It's, you know, morally I was going, I shouldn't really be liking these characters. But you know what? I kind of enjoyed it.
1: I got it to it. And you know, the one thing that you can really say about a lot of these movies, they deliver the ROM, but sometimes not the COM. This gave the COM. I yeah, had so three very, very <laughs> ugly laugh out loud moments where I had to apologise to the two people that I was with. Um, there was some fantastic lines in there. Yeah, and some, look,
0: Kay-, Kay Hudson as well. Oh,
1: she she's like her mum. She kicks yeah.
0: ass with the comedy and she really, she plays this obnoxious kind of, but, but just so... Um, tongue in cheek, you can't help a lover.
1: And she camps it up a little bit. Like there's so much Goldie Horn in that yeah. performance, which, you know, not to take away from Kate because she's great. But um, yeah, there was just some hilarious moments and they did such a good job of bringing it all together. Yeah. You don't love it, but you really like it.
0: Um, and I'm just going to say that the Colin Egg- Egglesfield, Egglesfield, Egglesfield right. who plays the love interest decks, how much does a young Tom Cruise does he look like? You're
1: the second person to say that. Oh, he and just,
0: all the way through, I'm like, oh, he's like risky business Tom Cruise. He
1: totally is. Woo, he's and, um,
0: steaming hot.
1: He's quite good looking.
0: He's easy on the ice. Yeah. So, uh, but
1: again, not very likable. <laughs> no, a complete
0: idiot. Come on. Um, so, look, it's kind of mixed feelings here. So, are you going to give this a star rating? What are you going to give it out of? Five.
1: out of five you know what i'm gonna give it a three and a half oh. and um and while i highly recommend it make sure you're in the mood
0: you know what i had a really bad pmt right oh, hi everyone
1: <laughs> uh, Carly F- sharing,
0: <laughs> FY, put it in your calendar um and it was perfect it was perfect for the girls blues just yep. want to uh chill with something completely brainless so given the mood i was in also giving it three and a half. Out nice. Of five. Now we are going to play a little. We don't normally do this on the show. We're going to play a little song that is actually in the film. that's quite heavily featured. I'm also going to put the clip of uh, Kate Hudson and uh, Jennifer Goodwin. I oh, struggle with her name. I don't know why. Always
1: also known as Marjean from Big Love. Oh, she's great. For all your Big Love fans out there, um, go and see it. Just
0: so like, they do a little dance <laughs> a off, a little performance in their PJs of Push It. From salt Salt and pepper. pepper. And
1: it is gold. And that is one of my laugh out loud ugly moments from the film.
0: (laughs) So up next we'll be talking about on tour and later on the show, Source Code. This is Pink Popcorn with Carly and Conrad on Joy 94.9. This is a Pink Popcorn Podcast. This is Carly and Conrad on Pink Popcorn on Joy 94.9. We've had a couple of people who have SMSed in their entries to our competition we're running this week.
1: So the question's really easy. We just want to know who your favourite movie mom is. It doesn't have to be your mom. It can be your mum. (laughs) Or favourite movie (laughs) mother. You can be real posh about it. Yeah. And um, so all you have to do is email in your name and membership number or SMS it in and uh, tell us who your favourite movie mom is. And you go on the draw to win a double pass to Something Borrowed and also one for Water for Elephants. It's our mega Mother's Day movie giveaway. Madness giveaway. (laughs)
0: Yes. So So Marco wrote in. Yeah, he said his favourite movie mum is Rose- Roseanne Barr in She-Devil. <laughs>
1: the sweetest of revenge. That's awesome. <laughs> she
0: is a bit of a scary mum. Yeah. You know, I'm watching reruns of The Roseanne Show. Oh. Uh, it's on, I don't know, some, one of the you know digital channels yeah. in the middle of the night. Uh, <laughs> scary. And also, Renee Russo in Yours, Mine and Ours. Thanks, I'm, Kathy.
1: Thanks, Kathy. I'm not familiar with I'm that movie I'm not familiar either.
0: with that either. I'm going to have to IMDB it Yeah. and check it out.
1: But so. Renee Russo is great. So yeah, She
0: is very great. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: thanks for your entries, Cathy. Um, keep them coming we'll be drawing it in the last kind of 10 minutes of the show i guess yeah so you've
0: got plenty of time so please send us an sms on 0427 joy 949 or email on air at joy.org.au and don't forget to put your membership number to go in the draw so next movie on tour on tour tells the story of yakim a former television producer who has moved from france to america to, to escape all the problems of his old life Reinvented as an entrepreneurial showman, he returns to France with a team of brilliant burlesque performers for what feels like the biggest gamble of his life. But with burnt bridges still smouldering, it's a long way around.
1: Was, that was a, a really good synopsis for that film, I, I Yeah, think.
0: we can't play a clip because it is in French. Um, <laughs> although, there is a lot of English language because obviously the burlesque performers are American. And so, it's quite an interesting kind of a language combination. Uh, quite often, they're speaking American, oh, English. <laughs> American English. <Yeah. laughs> um, and he's speaking French. And, you know, there's this kind of two and back and forth. I think that adds great texture to it. I really love that aspect of it
1: it's clever I felt like I was watching two separate films oh felt so like true I felt like I was watching a, a really kind of quirky French film about this guy who's kind of reconciling his former life and his new life and, and kind of touring around france with this crazy troop of burlesque people and then i felt like i was watching their behind the scenes documentary about what it's like to be on tour as a burlesque burlesque artist and the combination of the two probably shouldn't work as well as it does
0: well for me it didn't really work as well as what i had hoped
1: i felt see i i guess my expectations weren't um through the roof on this one yeah so i kind of was like what it what whatever will be will be and then putting those two elements together, I was pleasantly surprised.
0: Yeah, look, the the parts that really worked for me were when the burlesque dancers were front and centre and they were performing. And part of it does, I really like that kind of glimpse into the behind the world of performers. Mm -hmm. That is a really interesting world that I think everyone wants to kind of glimpse behind the backstage. The curtain. Yeah, see what happens. And their performances, these are... Real Actresses. Burlesque. They're real burlesque stars. Mm. And their performances are amazing.
1: They are, Whoever cast them in the film did a great job of getting not only a great cross-section of people who can actually do burlesque. And if your only um, film reference to burlesque is the Christina Aguilera <laughs> sheer epic, <laughs> you may want to go and see this to kind of get that corrected. Um, but uh... yeah, they're, they're amazing performers. But they also bring a real reality I guess to them as performers because when they're acting um, outside of the actual being off stage there's a real uh, a nice realism <laughs> about authenticity. them authenticity Thank well you.
0: I think actually the way it was filmed they really capitalized on that mm. because obviously they're not professional actors even though they've been performers for many years and so this kind of collaborative sort of work really helped with that and also the director Mathal Almarik Um, He is also the lead actor. Mm. And so, he is not only directing, he's also acting. He plays the lead guy.
1: He's in control. And you kind of of feel like he really loved the subject. Mm. And he really identified with his character because um, he manages to bring, like I said, those two very quite different elements together. It looks good. Yeah, it Um, looks amazing. I guess and you know it's one of those things it's something that you shouldn't really complain about about a film but it was a tad long
0: it was I think and I think part of that was because they were such disparate kind of storylines so you know the main guy who's the producer he kind of goes off for a while to kind of settle scores and Mm. try and reconnect with his past life and it kind of feels like it slows the whole film
1: it loses down it kind of loses its energy
0: which has got so much energy at the beginning because you're like oh what's happening and they're running from here to there and you don't really know and it's kind it feels very uh, documentary, and then it kind of turns into a bit more of a drama. I mean, luckily, the actor is incredibly charismatic. Mm, most people is. would probably know him from The Diving Bell and The Butterfly, one of the most fantastic films of uh, about 2007. It was a great film. Um, and it, so, he is such an incredibly charismatic actor. He does really drive it. Though, when he was on the screen even though he was entertaining, I did just want to get back to the burlesque girls.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I just really wanted to. I mean, that might just me as well, Maybe me as well.
1: No, I, I must admit, I thoroughly enjoyed the performances and I really got a lot out of that part. I really enjoyed seeing them on stage and off stage. I like seeing them as real people and then yeah. that really extroverted, crazy kind of.
0: And I think for um, lesbians, there's a lot to love in here. Yeah. These are really, now none of the um, the burlesque, dancers necessarily identify as lesbian. No. But there is a lot. Of loving of the female form going on And it's certainly a lot of these This is kind of like the new burlesque And quite of it comes from a feminist perspective And so it's not about titillation per se Though there are some parts of that That are certainly um, incorporated But it really is coming from a feminist Political kind of entertainment package And it's something to be behold When those women really embrace their femininity And and the crowd loves it And and you love it
1: There's a cute Male performer as well. Yeah, I don't think something for the boys.
0: He doesn't really get. He doesn't really get much of a look in the poor fella. Apparently, he's a really famous burlesque star in the US as well. So he does a a strip routine on a pogo stick. Yeah, not in this film. Unfortunately, so you have to Google that um, but that's kind of what he's known for. So, uh, yeah, it reminds me a little bit of the documentary uh, Too Much Pussy, which right. was screened as part of Melbourne Queer Film Festival this year and MIFF last year. Okay. And my complaint was similar about that film, even though it's kind of similar subject matter. matter it was like searching for a story, trying to work out what it is. Is it a road movie? Is it a documentary? Is it a drama? You know, all of these things, and I felt the same thing with On Tour.
1: Tried to be a bit of everything, and it was perhaps a tad too long but for the bits it did well it did it very well yeah for
0: those burlesque performances and I think on the big screen yep. they will look amazing it's, be- it's beautifully shot and it is lots of fun so on tour it does have a little bit of gay content in terms of I guess it's, it's in there it's, it's maybe queer you'd yeah. say like queer I don't, but you, there's no you know there's no lady loving <laughs> or, you know it's pretty straight there's and no conservative sex in action in there <laughs> sadly <laughs> what, what are you going to give this out of five Conrad
1: I'm going between two and a half and three. Right. Um, I'll probably stay with two and a half. Sure. And um, a lot of that is for just that amazing burlesque that you do see in there. Yeah. And, I'm and, giving... it's, a, and it's a beautifully um, shot film and yeah. you get to see some interesting French countryside as well. So, yeah, <laughs> we gonna, like that as well. There's a, tra- there's a travel <laughs> documentary part in there. Yeah, so I'm, oh, I'm going you? to
0: give it three out of five, mainly because the performances just wowed me so much. It was worth everything to kind of get through that. This is actually screening on a very limited release It's part of um, Acme's First Look program. It is screening from Thursday the 5th, which was this Thursday. So, Mm -hmm. it's already started. You can see it now. And it will only be screening until the 16th of May. So, please check the Acme website for all details of that screening. And we'll also put it on our Pink Popcorn Facebook page if you would like to check that out as well. Fantastic. So, up next in the show, we will be talking about source code. But in the meantime... This is Ripper to Shreds, Boomcat. This is a
1: Pink Popcorn Podcast.
0: That was Brooke Fraser with Something in the Water, and this is Pink Popcorn with Kylie and Conrad. Source Code stars Jake Gillenhall as Captain Coulter Stevens, who awakens on a speeding commuter train with no idea how he got there. Seated across from him is Christina, a woman he doesn't know but who clearly knows him just as he works it out somehow that he's in the body of another person, a massive explosion rips through the train. Almost instantly, Coulter is transported into a high-tech isolation unit where a uniformed woman named Goodwin explains that he's on a top-secret program codename Source Code. At 7.48 this morning, a bomb exploded on a train outside of Chicago, killing everyone on board. <laughs> What is my mission? A secret program called The Source Code will send you back in time to relive the last eight minutes of a passenger's life on that train. Find the bomb, and you'll find the bomber. What would you do if you knew you had less than eight minutes to live?
1: I'd make those seconds count.
0: <laughs> Welcome back, Em. I was unable to find the bomber. We've been informed there'll be another attack in six hours. If you find the bomber, the next attack can be prevented. As always, you will have eight minutes.
1: It's the same train, but it's different. you kind of freaking me out.
0: I want to go back in. I'm going to save her. You can't. doesn't work that way. Christina is dead.
1: Try and stop me. Sean! Get back! Source Code. Source code. Good.
0: You've got to do it in that sexy kind of voiceover. Um, you know what? This is a fantastic sci-fi action thriller. The genre is really hard to pull off because I think with a lot of sci-fi, you do kind of... Um, I don't know. You really have to make the world believable. And the reason why I think this works so well is because for the first hour of the film, it is really quite complicated in terms of what's happening where. And Mm -hmm. I mean, you never feel like you don't know where he is, but the actual concept is... From the perspective of the main character. Yep. And so he's confused, and so we're confused. And as he works it out, we work it out with him.
1: Which is always a really great way of of kind of keeping your interest and, and yeah. making sure you don't lose your way, which could have quite easily happened with this. Very easily. There was happened. a lot going on.
0: I mean, and what I liked, particularly liked it, about it, is that so there are the two running narratives. One is where uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's character, Coulter, is in this kind of pod like. Cr- Uh, contraption and he is being uh, talked through this source code program with the very gorgeous Vera Famaga who is, oh my God, I absolutely love her. And then just as you're about to try and work that out or you're going, what's going on here? You flip back into the source code world, which is a parallel universe where he's on the train as someone else trying to find this bomber, mm. and he's only got eight minutes to do it because you know, as part of the source code, there's some kind of you know you only have eight minutes before after someone it dies reverts back to and, yep. kind of live in their memories or some kind of you know you don't really care.
1: It's like um, a Groundhog Day moment. Really yes. wasn't it? Because yes. they he, he went back and relived that eight minutes probably what twenty times during the film. Yes,
0: you don't see every time they yeah. do. They do do quite a bit of clever editing in the middle where it actually becomes quite painful and traumatic. That it is quite a physical transformation every time he kind of gets sucked back into this person's amen. Sometimes he's like whoa whoa I've just been blown up. Okay, you're going back again. You got to start again. Know, again and let's everything. go. Yeah, and he kind of knows he's going to be blown up, and that's a slightly traumatic one it, would imagine.
1: And it's very clever the way that they. Um, um, they, as you're getting what's happening and you're, you're figuring out who's behind the terrorist attack and how that's going to happen, they don't just make it really easy and go, cool, and then this bit, he figures this bit out, <laughs> and then he does this, and then it's, you know, <laughs> it's really well done. So it keeps you waiting to see how he's going to pull the pieces together. And I, the whole time you're watching him then have to go back in, not knowing where he is, yeah. who's telling him to do it, um, but then he becomes kind of so into the project, into the source code, well, I that think he's he, got to follow it through. Yeah, and
0: he kind of wants to, you know, he he is a soldier mm-hmm. and he wants to save people. Save the day. Yeah, that's kind of what he does. I think part of what gives this uh, sci-fi kind of, it's a, you know, it's a Hollywood film. Mm. And part of what gives, it's not a super big budget, though. It's kind of medium-sized budget. And I think what gives it such a fresh energy is the director, Duncan Jones.
1: Mm-hmm. If, this is his yes. second
0: film. His first film was Moon. Have you seen that? I have seen Moon. And it is an absolutely fantastic film.
1: And they had kind of a similar um, theme. You know, like there was... The man, the lone man, going on this kind of journey thing, and yeah, having so against it, all the odds. So it kind of made sense that he did this as his second film, as his first Hollywood film. Yeah. But um, in the hands of someone else, it could have been could pretty have, crap. Yeah, <laughs> it
0: could have been a little bit naff. Yeah. I mean, he, Duncan Jones, really gives it a fantastic flavour, quite a visual flavour, because similarly like his film Moon, which is shot on a space station. Sam Rockwell's plays. Yeah. Played, playing himself in different in kind space. of <laughs> in space sounds bad. It's not, it's, and it's I think good. it's a similar kind of thing with this film because essentially, uh, for half of the film, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal is in a pod-like structure where he can't really move, and the other half of the film he's in a train and in, he's, a, in a cabin,
1: and he's running around that train a lot.
0: Yeah, exactly. So. And so to make that really visually engaging and exciting, sure there are explosions and there's some other stuff happening, you know, in the real world, but. It's really the set pieces all happen in mm. those two locations,
1: and there's a lot of um, you know new relationships because he's reliving that eight minutes. He's connecting with another passenger on the train, and he's also connecting back in the real world yeah. with Goodwin, who is giving him the instructions, and he's forming these bonds in quite a bizarre situation. Yeah, it's kind of weird.
0: Part of why it works as well is I think the casting of Michelle Monaghan, who is instantly likeable. So she kind of plays the woman in the train carriage who um, has a friendship with The guy he's impersonating. Gee, I'm making it sound really complicated.
1: And it is, and and it's it's complicated to explain. But in the actual film and watching it all unravel, it becomes quite clear. And and it's it's, quite enjoyable, actually. It
0: kind of I was really on the edge of my seat until about the uh, the closing third, where Mm. you kind of have to explain a few more things. And once you kind of it's not in your imagination, and then it's explained, you go, okay.
1: Yeah, it's taken Uh, away from you a little bit.
0: A little bit. You know, and there were a couple of moments where I'm like, mm, I think they played it a little bit Hollywood safe yeah. and potentially it would have been better ending it at a slightly different point. These are pretty small criticisms. So totally. It and is Hollywood entertainment but with a really good story.
1: And there is no major gay action in this film whatsoever, <laughs> but you have Jake Gyllenhaal <laughs> for the boys and, and you have Vera, Vera. Marga for Marga the, for the girls and oh. um, both of them are mighty fine. So um,
0: There's plenty of eye candy to be had.
1: Totally if you love Jake you'll love this movie
0: yeah he is such he is an actor of our times
1: he's getting he's he's getting bigger and better and I don't mean that he hasn't been good before but he's kind of his maturity is only helping him
0: yeah, he has yeah. a real emotional depth, he has some funny lines, and you kind of, I mean, he really has to carry this film, and you, I mean, I just believed him the whole way through.
1: And I never think of him as the everyman kind of character, no. but he really pulls it off in this.
0: Yeah, no, he He's kind great. of, he kind of does.
1: So what do you think, Kylie? You know
0: what? I i just thought this was great fun, and one of the best sci-fi kind of thriller films I've seen in a long time. I'm giving it four out of five.
1: Excellent. I'm going to give it three and a half.
0: Oh, look at you. Yes. You're just being...
1: <laughs> I knocked off that half for the ending. Yeah, look, And that that doesn't mean the ending's bad. It's just on how how they explained it and how it came about. But, you know, these things happen.
0: Now, this is your very last chance to go into our prize draw to we're giving away a couple of double passes. Yeah,
1: it's a mega Mother's Day movie giveaway. It's uh, for Something Borrowed, the new rom-com, and Water for Elephants, the new Reese Witherspoon film. And And, you you um, have to
0: answer a question.
1: Yeah, just tell us who your favourite movie mum is. We've
0: had a few more entries. Leonie has said Barbara Streisand in Meet the Fockers. Great. (laughs) Danae, our lovely Danae. She can't go in the prize draw, just FYI.
1: But she she gave a great answer.
0: Yeah, her favourite mum is the Queen, played by Phyllis Diller in A Bug's Life. (laughs) I talk about obscure. I love it. Um, uh, Maria von Trapp from... uh, Oh, The Sound They're of Music. Dying. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Oh, that's from Darren that's a, from
1: Glen Huntley. That's a classic.
0: Oh, and you've got a fan. Liz Aww. is just saying that she loves you, Conrad.
1: I love you too, Liz. <laughs> <laughs> you've you got your
0: own groupies. Yay. I love that you bring them along to this show. Why not? So this is your very last chance. In the next 30 seconds, you can enter this draw zero yep. four two seven joy 949 or on air at joy.org.au if you haven't won a prize in a couple of weeks and put your membership number in
1: be taking mum and maybe yourself to a couple of movies very cool now kylie i was very lucky to see this uh next performer this next singer um at the east brunswick club a couple of weeks ago and he's very cool he's very cute um he's he's a white guy so just keep that in mind when you're listening to him because he sounds a little bit little bit little richard a little bit johnny cash um but yeah check him out online because he's he's super cute he's eli paperboy read and the song is called name calling on joy pink popcorn
0: this is a pink popcorn podcast And that is the end of another Pink Popcorn. Amazing. It goes fast, right? It
1: certainly does. I hope
0: it goes fast for you as well, listening in wherever you may be, either driving around, listening to Joy on your radio, or maybe you're somewhere else in the world listening live online. That's true. Uh, We're happy to have whoever. (laughs) I just wanted to say a big thank you to the gorgeous Rosie, my my GF, who is uh, on Facebook, just said that we're both wonderful.
1: Oh, you're wonderful too. you, You too wasn't yeah. just me. You're amazing.
0: So, um, Conrad, thank you so much for joining me filling in today.
1: It was my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me.
0: It's fun to have your uh, different take on your movie <laughs> movie knowledge. Always good. Also, we have a prize winner. Congratulations to Cathy, who said that Renee Russo in Yours, Mine and Ours was her favourite cinema mum. We're going to be giving you a call so you can organise to have those double passes for Something Borrowed and Water for Elephants. Uh, thanks to Paramount Pictures and tailored films. What a great prize. Lucky
1: Kathy, your mum's going to love that. Or just you and someone else. (laughs) Yeah,
0: that's right. Maybe they're just ones for, you know, maybe someone you're trying to impress. Exactly. Yeah, so um, thanks everyone for listening in. Uh, Up next week on Pink Popcorn, we will be going film festival crazy.
1: Well, there's so many coming, right? Oh,
0: they're like, you know, we're totally spoiled in Melbourne. We'll be looking for the queer in the Spanish Film Festival and also the Human Rights Film Festival. That's next week. The week after that, I think it's the Secure Short Film Festival. So, you know, there's lots of festival stuff coming out. And I'll also be reviewing uh, Water for for Elephants. I keep wanting to say Water for Chocolate, (laughs) but Water for Elephants. Different film. Yeah, completely different film. Um, Of course, during the week, if you can't get enough of uh, Pink Popcorn, you can always go to joy.org.au forward slash pink popcorn and keep in touch via Facebook, Twitter, even our blog. It's all there, easy to find. Plus we podcast our show as well. It's available on iTunes or you can just get it on the Joy website.
1: Get as much pink popcorn in you as you can. (laughs) We
0: only have one hour a week but we really try and work it hard. (laughs) They
1: maximise that hour. I
0: know and coming up next is the very fantastic Adam Todd with Bandcamp. So until next week we'll see you at the movies.